It was uh yeah that his name's Ian Frank. Oh, ah, I just dropped so much shit.
Welcome back to Norelco Mori, an hour of underground and experimental music on cassette. I'm your host, Ted Butler. Got a great show for you tonight. I've got Mike Haley, label head over at 905 Tapes and host of the long-running Tabs Out cassette podcast, here to play some tapes and chat with us for a bit. His main project is called Weather, and we opened with an excerpt of Skeleton Grip from his side of our very recent split on Denmark's Finery Tapes. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Do you still have copies of that split for sale? Of our split? Yeah. I might. I would have to go check. You know what? I bet I don't. I bet I gave all of them away already. I don't think... I'm not sure how many we got. Do you remember how many we each got? I got five, and I've gone... I went through them pretty quick. Okay, yeah. If if I got five, I definitely have already given them away. So no, I don't. Does does Finery have any? Um, I don't think so. Hmm. Sold sold out at source. I saw one on Discogs for ten bucks the other day, though. Ten bucks? Come on. <laughs> Should be twelve. Plus wait, plus shipping? Uh, yeah, likely. Okay, if that included shipping, I'd say maybe. <laughs> that person don't do that. I, if somebody, if you want to buy it, don't spend ten bucks. I'll just dub you a copy. Or you know what, Ted. You'll dub that McCopy. I'm putting it on you. <laughs> Did you know uh, that it's streaming on like every streaming service in the world? What do you mean? Like, like iTunes it, and stuff? Yeah, it's like on iTunes. It's on uh, Amazon, Spotify. We'll get it out there. Yeah. Is it on any of the, the local rock stations? It should be on the local rock stations. I'm, I'm not actually too familiar with the local rock stations. Okay, well then, maybe it is, maybe it doesn't. That's tight. How do you, how does he have that deal? What's going on there? Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, I think it's a new thing that he's doing. I um, I know he was gonna do that with the speaker footage stuff, but uh, I was surprised to see uh, all of the stuff that I put out with him showing up. So, what is speaker footage exactly? I, I've seen you mention that name before. That's something new he's starting. Yeah, that's his sister label to Finery. I think they're gonna um, be a little heavier on the, you know, the rhythm-oriented experimental music beat stuff. Tight. Yeah. Oh, but to answer your question, I don't know if I have any. Uh, the reason I ask is because I saw that you are still selling them on uh, on the website, so you might want <laughs> might okay, want to adjust yeah. that link. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> how that's how we'll find out if anyone wants to order it from me. <laughs> uh, then I'll check and I'll see if I have any and if I don't I'll send you your money back I'll take it down here's a track from my side of the split Headdress with SJ403 
So uh, weather has been active for a little while now. Um, what are what are some of the other projects and bands you've been involved in? Uh, let's see. Uh, as far as like solo stuff, be, besides weather, sometimes I record or play under uh, the name Total Total Mold Growth, uh, which is more like, I guess less. Not that weather is like super prepared or anything. Like I don't like slave over anything, but uh, total total mold growth is definitely more of a just wacky mess around with stuff. Not really care as much what's going on. Uh, then there's some some like duos and stuff. Uh, Dave from Tabs Out and uh, I do a project called Roped Off, which is like more kind of stretched out, spacey zone out kind of synth stuff uh joe b from tabs out and i also do a project every once in a while called he conference that we've released a few tapes we play every now and then uh nothing i think that's pretty much all that's like active there's been a bunch of you know one-off collabs and different projects done here and there but that's i think that's like the main stuff that's like going on right now what other um what other like collaborations have you been involved in? Uh I did one, let me try to think. I did one with uh Phil French from who did that label Stunned called Zinc Hoarder. We just did like one tape on 905. Uh this guy Brent Eyestone who originally, well not originally, but he was living in Virginia and now he's out in California somewhere. I'm not really sure where. Uh we did a project called uh let me think of the name because I always screw it up. It's big, big China, little trouble, and it's uh, <laughs> right. We did like a couple of LPs that he released on um on his label and a few tapes that I did. Uh oh, Andrew Kirshner, the guy who does Mistake by the Lake, mm-hmm. and um he's in or wasn't. I don't know if they're still active, but Relentless Corpse. We have a project called Travels that we did. We played one show when I was out in Cleveland in the bathroom of some bar we like set up our gear on like the baby changing station and played in there. And we did a couple of tapes. Oh, what else is there? There's a bunch more. If it pops in my head, I'll, I'll I promise I'll say it regarding uh, weather. Can you tell us a little bit about your current live rig and uh, how, how your setup has evolved over the last decade? I guess mainly right now, the live rig changes a lot just because I really enjoy just like building kind of like nothing like extravagant, but like rinky dink, like oscillators and stuff. And they're fun. And, you know, I play them for a while, but I always end up saying, oh, let me fuck around with this a little bit more and add some stuff. And then it fries and I throw it away and start over. But the one thing that I've been using a bunch lately is um, music from outer space sells a kit for something called the Sound Lab Mindy Synth, which is like a couple of oscillators and. Uh, filters and white noise generator and stuff like that and it's a it's a pretty cool like you know semi-compact kind of thing that is fun to play with and you know dick around with and whatever but mainly that some uh you know some random pedals nothing again nothing very you know special or unique like a, a giga delay or you know some other random reverb pedal or something like that but uh that's that's mainly when I when I play live, that's you know it's a small maybe some tape loops, but small compact. I don't want to carry much. I don't like carrying much anymore. 
I'm, it's probably more out of laziness than anything else that it's just kind of like this one synth and like these two pedals and a mixer or something. But it's it, but it's enjoyable. I I like it. Any new weather releases on the way? Uh, is anything on the way? Oh, you know what is happening, and very soon I think is um, uh, Charles Barabay, the guy who does uh, La Cahou, um, tape label up in Canada. We worked on a collaboration um, through like email and stuff, stuff, just sending stuff back and forth. And Timble Tapes is going to release that, and I think it's going to come out like fairly soon. I think like depending on when you put this podcast up, it might be up already because Charles and a bunch of other awesome folks are like doing a tour through the U.S. And I think uh, Timble Tapes is going to get that put out for that tour. But beyond that, I. Th- I'm pretty sure that's it. I haven't been really been recording all that much. Don't really find the time or the inspiration, I guess. This episode of Norelco Mori is sponsored by Ruby Roasters. Colorful coffee is roasted in Nelsonville, Wisconsin. Ruby is dedicated to finding and sharing colorful coffees from all over the world. And even if you're not local to Wisconsin, you can still enjoy their well-selected and lovingly roasted coffee at home, thanks to their excellent 16-ounce subscription plan. If you're into real coffee, check these guys out. Right now, you can get free shipping and $5 off your first order at rubycoffeeroasters.com by using discount code NORELCOMORI5 at checkout. I've been a Ruby subscriber for a while now and couldn't be happier with the consistently stellar selections they send out each month. So go check them out. I'm really happy to have them on board as a sponsor. My thanks again to Ruby Roasters for sponsoring the show. Are you a fan of uh, Headboggle at all? Yeah, definitely. That guy... um... I don't know if he still does, but he definitely used to work at a co- at a coffee roastery, and uh, we used to hook up like many uh, tapes for coffee bean trades. Oh, that that is fantastic! Yeah, it was definitely it was so nice when like a package would come from him because you would smell it like right away, like yeah. you could smell the beans, and then you'd open it up there and be like two head boggle tapes and like uh, like you know twelve ounces of beans or whatever. <laughs> it was so tight. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was really nice. It doesn't really get much better than that. No, that's a sweet deal. That is a really sweet deal. And it was always really good coffee. That's great. Do you know where he was where he was roasting? Was he roasting or was he I don't uh, know. I, this was like probably 6 years ago when or maybe even like 8 years ago when I first met, like like, you know, started talking to him and I don't ah. really I don't remember all the details. The uh the guy who roasts my beans at Ruby is a friend of mine I know from uh some synth forums. Uh we had a weird esoteric synthesizer in common and that's how we how we started talking but uh he sends a little note with each one of my monthly subscription packages uh just like detailing what he was listening to while roasting the particular beans in, <laughs> in my package which is yeah. kind of rad <laughs> i like that a lot that's awesome yeah it's good to know it's like oh yeah i can i can taste the swedish house music in this roast he should yeah. like he should start like an actual subscription series where like you don't request the type of coffee. You request the type of music he's listening to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, I think that, I would, think be that would be a huge tie-in. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely sign up for it. Your label nine hundred five tapes launched in two thousand and eight with a pretty impressive roster. You have stuff out from Helm, Teeth Collection, Josh Lay, Mike Shiflet, to name a few, and uh, you did forty four tapes in that first year. It's quite a few more than, than you released in the entire catalog of your previous label, No Horse Shit. 
what what prompted uh, retiring No Horse Shit? No Horse Shit was something that uh, Joe B and I did together. Joe B, the other guy, one of the other dudes from Tabs Out. Uh, we lived together and we started that. It wasn't just like cassettes or anything. We did like some CDRs and a seven inch and something else. I can't remember. But it was mainly tapes. At the time, I was more involved in like another label I had been doing for like since high school that was like a label and distro. And it kind of like by that point, it was it was kind of like my job. Like I, I quit my job just to do that. And I guess around the same time is when I really got in to noise, started like discovering more stuff and buying some gear and, and stuff. So like no horseshit was kind of started just as like, you know, I'm home, I'm doing this other label and disher thing. And every once in a while, you know, we'll just release a tape by a friend or of ourselves or whatever. And that's all pretty much that was. And when, you know, when Joe moved out, we weren't living together anymore. It's, it was kind of weird and kind of lost the, you know, the excitement of like being together and doing this label. So it was kind of like, eh, it kind of just fell out. And by the time I moved, my wife and I bought a house in 2008, I believe, with the house number 905. And I was thinking then of starting something new and kind of really getting into it. And I bought like, you know, a high speed duplicator and just like, got more active, got more interested in more stuff. And, you know, it was, I wasn't working at the time. So it was like, and I wasn't doing that other label or distro. I kind of lost interest in that and just kind of like forgotten about it. So all my time was pretty much spent like, you know, focus on that kind of stuff, putting out tapes and buying more gear and, you know, pl playing live and stuff like that. So I think that's how No Horseshit kind of stopped existing and then when 9 and 5 tapes picked up, it was kind of at the perfect time for, like, me to, like, start it, I guess. And I... How many tapes did I put out the first year? What did you say? Uh, 44. 44? Wow, that's a lot. I couldn't imagine doing that many now. I think <laughs> last year I put out, like, four tapes. When 9 and 5 first started, it was, like, um, like all the covers, like, the, the cover panels were all, like, in their own individual, like, piece of paper. And the J card was, like, a separate piece of paper. Um, and the reason that was the case was uh, th the the first few releases were all things that were being printed at this print shop I was working at. And they I kind of found, found, like, you know, they'd be, like, brochures for, like, something. I think the Weather Tusco Terror Split was, like, a brochure for, like, like a, like, a farm or something like that. And I just found, like, a cool panel that was the size of a cover, and I cut it out. And then eventually made the J-Cards, and that just became the thing. I had, like, a template for the J-Cards. That just became how I did how I did it, and everything was home dubbed. But now it's it's changed up a bit. Where I'm just going through like National Audio Company and having them dub everything for me and print everything for me, just because I don't know. I feel like I do, if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't do it at all. So I forget what the question was, but <laughs> I hope that was an answer to it. So is uh, is anyone else involved in 905 tapes, or is it? Just a one-man show. Uh, it's just me, except nowadays Joe B draws all the he like paints all the covers. Um, I used to do all the artwork myself, but I kind of have since ditched that whole like kind of aesthetic that I was using. And now he's like he's a tattoo artist, and the kind of stuff he's drawing now for the covers is it's kind of like 
tattoo flash style type stuff, you can definitely tell that's like that's the style he's going for. But really awesome, like awesome stuff. Uh, not like a heart with like this is like mom or something, but like you know, <laughs> like pretty pretty t- pretty tight stuff. But be yeah, but besides that, like yeah, it's just me. So who uh, who did the logo? Uh, the current one. Yeah, that was me. I did that. I love the logo. I think oh, it's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, I kind of like. Uh, so- it's one of those things where I'll like really work on like a logo or something like that for like weeks, and like, and hate it. And then you sit down and you just real quick in five minutes just come up with that. And you're like, I just use this. <laughs> and then you realize, oh shit, that's awesome. Like the first nine to five tapes logo was like linotype that I just like took from work. So it's like metal type that was like, you know, backwards. And I just held it on the scanner and scanned it and then reversed the image and was like, all right, that's it. And it kind of like, <laughs> but like, I, I, I really like that logo. Whereas if I worked on it for like a month, I'd probably like hate it in, in like a week. So what's on deck for 905 tapes in 2015? Is there a new batch in the works? Yeah, not much, but there, you know what, let me look. Do you know how to say the name of uh, like the Adderall can- Cannoli? <laughs> how do you say that? Adderall Cannoli? Yeah. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Have you, have you never heard this project before? No, I haven't. Are you serious? You should definitely look it up. Let me look it up. Send me the link. Adderall Canyonly. Does that, does that make sense? Canyonly? Canyonly? Canyon. Canyonly. Canyonly. Okay, well, I'll just try my best. 2015, there's not a whole lot planned. Uh, I do have a batch that's at uh, the plant right now. Uh, it's, actually, it's not really even a batch. It's, it's two tapes, but... There's a tape by Shredder Ghost, which is a dude from around here. He actually only lives like six blocks away from me, but uh, and I but I just met him like a couple of years ago. No kidding, I'm a big Shredder Ghost fan, and I on, I only met him on the internet. I've actually never met him in, in real life, but I see you played a bunch of his stuff on 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 the show. His name's Ian Franklin, uh, a dude from around here who plays like really kind of. A lot of like dark minimal stuff and a lot of like guitar, like really droney guitar stuff. Uh, but yeah, he only lives like a few blocks from me. And I met him like maybe two or three years ago at the, at the most. Like Dave, Dave met him on like a message board, like on Muff Wiggler. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then, and he was like, You live in Wilmington? And it was like, Yeah. And then like we met up and he's a totally chill dude. He's like a great guy and like his stuff's awesome. It's just so weird that like he lives right there, uh. But yeah, a tape by him and a split between uh Eve Malone and Adder Adderall Canyonly maybe I don't really know how to say it, but um yeah, just those two tapes which should both be done relatively soon I would think. But beyond that, I don't think there's anything else really set in stone.
Adderall Canyon Lee right there with a track called One, out now on 905 Tapes. Check the show notes for a link to grab a copy at norelcomori.com slash podcast slash episode 34. Let's talk about uh, Tabs Out. You've been doing the show for, for what, three years now? I think almost three years, right? Or has it been, is it almost four years? So, something like that, though, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what made you decide to do a cassette podcast? Um, well, I know the the idea to do a podcast in general, I was like cleaning out a room in my house to like set up a, my computer just to, ha- I didn't have a laptop at the time and I just wanted to have a dedicated spot to, to record like when I was like jamming. So I was setting up this room and I had like this old ass De- Dell computer that I got and, you know, realized like, oh shit, I could like you know, like rip tapes in here, like, you know, straight to this computer now, because everything's like in before everything was like all over the place, but now everything was in one spot. And then I thought of the idea of doing a 905 tapes podcast where it would like just be me and I would like just play old 905 stuff and talk about stuff that was coming out or whatever, like something that would happen like three times a year or whatever. And, uh, but then that kind of changed into, I actually tried to record it once and it was fucking so awkward because it's just, I mean, I know you do your show with just you, but like, I don't know, man, you got, you must have the goods because I don't, I don't have it. I feel like a, a dummy doing it alone. <laughs> do you ever feel like super weird when you're, or do you like prefer to be alone? No, I, you know, uh, I think it works to just do it, do it by myself uh, because I can kind of piece it together over the course of a couple of days and, okay, you know, you just take your time with it. It's a time consuming process, I think. Yeah. Cause Cause I just felt like a bozo doing it all by myself. And then I was like talking to Dave and I was like, Oh, we should do a podcast together where we can, you know, we'll just play tapes. I don't know why exactly. I mean, we were both into tapes and we both like really like tapes, but I don't, I think the idea of just doing a tape only thing was, I don't know, just, I don't know. What was it for you? Why did you, why do you, why do you only play tapes? Well, because I just had so much stuff that wasn't available digitally, stuff that had really superb, like highly detailed artwork, uh, and it was limited to such like ridiculously small numbers that I was just like, you know, I have to play this stuff for for someone because, as far as I know, I'm the only one who likes this. Okay. Uh, and and yeah, that was just kind of what it what it was, and figured, uh, shit. Well, I'll, I'll put a couple of put a couple tracks together and see what happens. But I, yeah, I, don't, I was surprised that uh, people started listening to it. So, um, you know, here we are. It's weird when you know that people listen to it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. It's re- it's really weird. Cause you think that you think that maybe like a couple of your friends are listening to it, but then when someone else says that they listen to it, it's, it's kind of freaky. I mean, especially when it's you alone in a room, uh, awkwardly talking to yourself about the cassettes that you're playing, uh, essentially to no one as you record the show. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's funny to funny to be getting stuff in the mail from people who are making things with little notes that are like thanks. You know, <laughs> shit is crazy. Have you ever recorded an episode in your underwear? Uh, yeah, yeah, quite a few. Have you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Man, that must be so liberating and so comforting. That's great. I got some uh, Nike running shorts on right now. It's close. but uh... Dave takes his shoes off every now and then, but that's about as far as we get. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some boats, though. They're huge. They take up the entire room. 
I hear. Yeah. I'm, but it's different for you guys because, you know, there's a bunch of you in a room and usually it's just me. Uh, I have to send the cat out so uh, we don't hear him. Oh, you should do an episode with the cat in the room. Uh, you, you learn not to do that uh, really early on. Okay. He's a bangle. He's very talkative. Uh, he really just doesn't stop. All right. I still think it'd be kind of cool. But, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I talked to Dave and I, I remember being like at the coffee shop or something and talking to him on the phone and being like, we should do this like podcast where we just play tapes and we talk about the tapes. We can talk about the packaging. We can talk about the artwork. We can call up labels and talk to people and whatever. And just like the idea of like dicking around, like it's it's really turned into like us just like like we'll go like parts where we don't even like talk about the tape and like you do feel bad after when the tape's playing you're like did we even mention that tape because like you just like joke the entire time and it's really turned into that um because there was never any intent like sometimes i'll not sometimes but maybe like once or twice i'll listen to like the first like episode or two and be like oh my god this is so like this is so weird because there's no sound effects there's no like just like all the stupid shit that we do um but yeah, it started off just me and Dave, and we were in another room. We're in what what is now my older daughter's room. And uh, the next time, Joe B just asked, like, hey, do you mind if I come over? And he came over, and then he just kept showing up. We never officially, I don't think we ever officially asked him to join. <laughs> but but he keeps coming back. He's like he's like Jack Black in High Fidelity. He just, <laughs> he just keeps coming back every, every week or every other week. But why exactly tapes, I, I don't really know for sure. Because they're awesome, I guess.
Shredder Ghost with an excerpt from Three-Sided Face off his new accretion tape, also out on 905 Tapes. So for the for the two people who have never heard your show out there, uh, who are all your co-hosts and, and what else are they involved in? Well, Dave, who like, he, he's the guy, he's behind the computer in, uh, in Tabs Out. He does a label called 2AM Tapes, which is an incredible label that he just like kind of rebooted that that label a year or so ago. And he does these like crazy like drawings for the covers of these little machines that he draws and they're they're fucking hilarious when he explains them to you. Um and he does a project called Veils and another one called Sound Out Light. Uh Joe B uh he rec- you know, he doesn't record all that much. He plays live every once in a while, normally under his own name, just Joe Breitenbach. Uh, but he's done stuff in the past as Methadrone and Fresh Air and uh, a few other names. Um, this guy John Pyle is here every once in a while, who does the label Beyond the Ruins. He He's a Delaware dude, but he lives in Philly now. Um, and also does a project called Pleasure Island. Ian Franklin has been here a bunch and who who I said does Shredder Ghost. And he just started up a label with this guy Sean from around here where they're going to put out all stuff from Indonesia. Uh, the guy Sean has been like teaching in Indonesia and has met like a solid crew, I guess, out there. And they're starting this thing. And But I forget what it's called. They only have one tape out so far. He did that uh, that cool kind of short video documentary of the tape scene out there, right? Exactly, yeah. Sean Stelfox, that's who... Um, he, we're actually having him on the show, I guess, this weekend. So we're, we're, so we've just had him on the show, if you're listening to this. And he's going to like talk about some of the stuff from Indonesia and play some tapes by people and stuff. But then there's a few people that like have written stuff for the site, or we have a feature on Ad Hoc that um, is like a monthly thing that help write for that. This guy, Mike Nigro, who does a label called Oxtail. And uh, this guy, Jamie Orlando from around here, who is another dude who's lived in Delaware all of his life. But we just met him like a year and a half ago. And um, I believe, see, he just started a tape label too and has like a two or three, I think one or two tapes out by himself. He records his Z, either Zegra or Zygra. I can't remember which one. But I can't remember the name of that label either. Sorry, Jamie, and sorry, Ian and Sean. So uh, one of the things I think is especially cool about the show is your subscription series. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how all that works? Yeah, we started that because it, like, it turns out it actually costs money to do this, which was, came as a huge surprise. <laughs> like when we were like, when, you know, Dave, let's like get together every once in a while and drink some beers and play some tapes and talk about the tapes. You, you would think that it would be free. Like, it just seems like something that isn't going to cost you anything. But it turns out, like, tape deck shit out on you, and you need a new mixer, and you need new, you know, your microphones are horrible, so you have to get new microphones. And, you know, the first episode, me and Dave were holding our microphones, with, in, like, in our hands. <laughs> um, and I, the next one, I got a cardboard box and punched a hole in it and put my mic in it just so I could like open tapes up. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I guess we need mic stands. And now we need, you know, we need like head- headphones. Now we need better headphones. And, you know, and then there's hosting and stuff like that. So 
the subscription series kind of came out of a way for us to, you know, get money from people and give them something, but not do like, um, not like a Kickstarter kind of way, just kind of like an ongoing, like we'll make tapes. So we decided let's do this thing where people can give us like, it's $50 a year. And in that year you get four tapes and then it's all like handmade, like not handmade, but like, you know, like we try to make interesting, unique packaging for everything and we hand number everything and we write everyone's name on it, like who it's for. And it's just for the artists that are on the tape and the people who subscribe. So it's like, I think it's up to about like, we make something like 30 to 40 copies, depending on how many people are subscribers at that time. And um, yeah, it started out with the After Room tape, which is me and Dave as roped off, um, Ryan and Franklin who do the who did the project Afterlife, and this guy Michael who did does a project called Bedroom, and Afterlife and Bedroom were in Delaware to play a show, so we all got together and did like a couple of jams, and that ended that material ended up being the first tape, which comes in this like wooden box with this like paste on cover thing and there's a sticker inside with your name on it and it's numbered and stuff and uh dave put together like a tape with him and ian that's like called sun drain and um it comes like in a plaster like block like you have to like bust open to like get to the tape and we just did like a german army tape and some a remix tape for motion sickness of time travel an aaron dillaway tape and it's just kind of a way of like, you know, so we, you know, so we have the money for when like, you know, our hosting expires and we have to re-up or like, you know, the tape deck or the, you know, something but breaks and it's like, oh, well, you know, there's the money and we can order pizzas every once in a while, which is always nice because Joe B loves his pizzas. We have to give him, you know, it's weird. We never asked him to officially be a member, yet he's always demanding pizzas. <laughs> I never actually. I think we need to to audit this entire system that we have. You might have to, yeah, yeah. So, uh, who are who are your Chrome level donors going to see on uh, tabs out number ten through number thirteen? Which you kind of you're kind of teasing on the website there. It's hard. It's hard to say because you know you ask a bunch of people to do something, and then it's up in the air of like who's going to give give you material first or whatever. So, like, you might ask somebody, like, I asked uh, Tal Sounds, which is Natalie from Goodwill Smith, to do a tape. And, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I have material right now. I just needed to, like, edit it down and listen to it a couple times. And, like, a week later, she sent it over. And it just so happened that, like, I started working on an idea for packaging. And I showed it to her. And she was like, that's awesome. So, it's like, that one came together, like, super quick. But then there's other people where it's like, you ask them. And a year goes by and they're still working on it. So you know, that that's kind of why we don't say like what is coming up. Like I don't want to promise anyone like, you know, this tape and then like it not happen and then you get your four tapes or it not happen at all kind of a thing. Because there's a few of them that I'm really excited about. But like it's been taking so long that I kind of feel like they're not going to happen. <laughs> and I'm kind of bummed about that. But the, the Tal Sounds is definitely going to happen. It's going to get pro dubbed and it's going to have just like uh like a two panel J card. But I'm gonna like do this thing where I'm gonna go go to the print shop where I used to work and use this like hole punch to like put like this design of like different size hole punches in the cover. So when you've like folded over, you see like the one side like shining through. Um, but that's definitely gonna be 
I shouldn't say definitely, but that's prob- most likely going to be the next one. And then there's... I don't want to give too much else away. We're getting these shirts made. They're incredible shirts. I don't want to say too much about them just yet because they're, they're pretty fucking funny and I don't want to spoil it. The person who designed the shirt is going to have their material on the tape and the cover is going to be a picture of them wearing the shirt <laughs> and then the tape's going to be wrapped in the shirt. So that's, that's going to that's gonna be one. I'm, I'm not saying it's definitely going to be in the next batch of four, but like that's going to happen as soon as we can get these goddamn shirts made.
That was an excerpt from Weathers live at Dr. Clock's Nowhere Bar cassette. That's a split with Pleasure Island, recorded in Washington, D.C. in January of 2014, out on Sound Holes. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Totally, man. Thank you for asking me. Where can, uh, where can folks go to find more Mike Haley on the web? Oh, you mean like, um, like risque, not safe for work pictures of me? Yeah, yeah, like risque pictures or maybe your social media accounts. That sort of thing. Go to norelcomori.com slash episode 669 slash hidden content. Um, but no, tabsout.com. Is, uh, or go to Google and, and Google it. <laughs> I figured uh, if, uh, if I was going to have any guests on the show, uh, it would totally be uh, awful of me not to have you be the very first. Oh, am I the very first? You are the very first. Oh, let me ask you this. Are you going to have the spools out guy on? Uh, which guy? The Spools Out guy. Because if you have him on, I'm out. <laughs> spools Out. What does? Let me ask you this. What does Spools Out mean? I mean, that, if I saw the Spools out of the cassette, I would be sad. <laughs> there would be a. It would be horrifying. There would be some level of stress. I would have to find the screwdriver. Uh, there would be work ahead, and I. But you know. but the tabs out. It's a relief, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I think I think it's I think it's definitely it's a pretty funny name. Um I'll say I I don't I think it's funny and I don't really care, but also if they don't change it, I swear to god, I will take this to the highest See, international law is very <laughs> this is going to be very confusing, but I I I will I will I will die a bloody death before I allow them to continue using that name. <laughs> but it's also but it's also pretty funny at the same time. What do you what do you think about it? Um, I just thought maybe we could have thought about an, another name, perhaps. Yeah, right. One, one that doesn't remind you of an existing uh, original, the very first <laughs> show. You know, it's like if someone started a show called Sinfeld, <laughs> or a show that was took place in an airport called Wangs. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't make any sense. I would totally watch that show. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd watch. Oh. <laughs> I would definitely watch it. <laughs>
Uh, you guys were talking about Night Court the other night, right? Or a couple episodes ago, anyway, right? A couple episodes, yeah. We were talking about uh, if Night Court had a blooper reel. <laughs> and, Man, you bring that back. That was, yeah, that was a good show. I really like that show. Yep. And I like Dave didn't really understand it. And I don't think he's ever seen it. He was like, is it just like, are there court cases going on or is the court closed? And it's like, no, it's a night court. It's, it's a, a court held at night. Court at night. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, this isn't like, you know, is this really over your head? You don't get this? <laughs> it's all in the name here. I'm definitely going to have a lot of a lot of editing to do 